0: Welcome from the Rooker End. Uh, two podcasts in a with two wins. What an amazing feeling this is. When was the last I can't remember the last time. When was the last time one of two games away, Mike? Uh,
1: against West Brom and uh, Sunderland.
0: <laughs> um, we're outside Vickers Road after Watford 2, uh, West Brom 0. Uh, tonight, uh, here with uh, DCW, David Cameron Walker. How are you, David? Very well. After that, <laughs> superb. Yeah. And uh, Michael. How are you? Was it was it how, end of the game at ten? Yeah, incredibly. I think the
1: last 20 minutes after uh, Miguel Britos was scandalously um, sent off. It was it was tough, but I thought Watford did a really really good job of seeing it out. There was an initial sort of five perhaps 10 minute spell after after the sending off when, as you'd expect, Tony Pulis had begrudgingly made a couple of <laughs> attacking uh, attack minded decisions. You could hear his sort of teeth clenching as he as he had to throw on a couple of strikers. But there was a five to 10 minute period after the uh, after the sending off when, as you'd expect, they came into it. But Watford weathered it really, really well, and, and ultimately ran out um, comfortable and deserved winners. Fantastic.
0: Let's start being the game, though. Um, we said on Saturday how actually against Sunderland we were a bit all over the place and weren't doing the normal Watford at the start of the game, but we went out of the blocks today.
2: Yeah, really. We kept the ball really well. We controlled the ball, controlled possession against a team like West Brom, who we were happy to let us do that. Really, they're happy to sit there and defend and let you have the ball and try and catch you on the break, try and get set pieces. And I was just. Saying, I've got a, a non-Watford supporting friend of me I brought to Vicarage Road today I'm just saying to him uh, before we scored at some point we are going to actually have to try and pass this ball forward and then that, that ball came Deany knocked it on Nian gets it cut inside goal and we, you know, we were incisive for once we took half chance when it came and that settled us down even more but there was that I couldn't quite see it I don't know if you did on your side Carnu looked like he Robson Carnu looked like he cleared it off the line
0: yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. For, for me, he sort of uh, it was right by the the oh, from the rookery, the the right side, um, and he I reckon he's trying to pass it across to the far corner, but actually it was a lovely little clearance, yeah, and so was
2: in. yeah. But I mean, you know apart from we weathered that little bit that little storm and we were very comfortable very very comfortable
0: which is a strange place to be michael
2: yeah i mean dave's
1: right we did have to to have to do something but i think we played it exactly right we were very very patient we had virtually all the ball for that first well up until the goal without doing anything it was the most it's quite bizarre, really, in a way, wasn't it? It's quite sort of bickarming. You just sit there and sort of, I don't know if you had any homework to do or any filing.
0: You could probably. Well, did you see the uh, the walking football at half time? Yeah. Base or Watford did that at the Being in the game.
1: Yeah, walking <laughs> football. Some of them are on the jog. I could see it. It was a uh, terrible business. Um, but yeah, I thought you know, yeah, it was it was quite a difficult watch. But you knew what was going to happen, and and I think Dave's absolutely right to point out the fact that West Brom just basically stood there, um, tried to soak up the pressure, and, and tried to win fouls. You could see it very early on what their what their MO was. Um, it's probably worse than we've been led to believe. I think because I think as Watford supporters, you give. Tony Pulis and, and managers like, uh, like that a bit of credit because we know that when we're coming up against teams who are technically better than us, they've got more money than us. You have to try and turn things in your favour. Um, so I think we give people like West Brom a bit of credit, but I, I have to say that was an abysmal display from them. It was it was ugly. It was unpleasant. It was sneaky. It was. It was, it was just really bad, a really distasteful sort of performance for them, I thought, and I'm just really glad we put them away. Would
0: you like Mike to be uh, seven points ahead of where we are now and safe, but play their, their soft football?
1: Well, th- this is the thing <laughs> while I was watching it. It's interesting, you know, we've been critical of, of Matt Sari throughout the season and, and rightly so, we're not going to go back on that. But I think it was a bit of a reality check today watching West Brom away at Watford, um, where you'd expect them to expect to at least pick up something, um... And really, they showed no, um, no interest in playing football, no interest in, in winning the game at all. Um, and, you know, for all the failings that, that we've got, I and, mean, you know, we can't brush over those... <laughs> If you choose choice between Matsari and Pulis, I'm going to go with the Italian every time.
0: <laughs> um, but let's go back to Niang. Um, uh, that goal, he's been threatening to do a worldie from around the edge of the box for, for, for a while.
2: That's why he's a player that's you know, currently owned by AC Milan. And that's why we want to sign him up. Because in a tight game against a team who are going to defend deep and try and win the second balls and frustrate you, you need a player that can get the ball Unlock the defence with a bit of quality, score a goal, get everyone's confidence up, get you into the game, and he did that tonight. If he, you know, if he didn't, if he wasn't playing, or if he didn't score that goal, we could have got to half time nil nil. Westbrook might get a corner, you go one nil. That completely different game, and he's so important. And you know, when he went off at the end, we were all chanting, "Sign him up, sign him up!" And I think we need to. We need a player like him. if we're going to progress and become a Premier League team that doesn't. <laughs> get drawn into relegation battles every season and wants to be like West Brom and be comfortable that's the sort of player you need Before we just move off from end quickly
1: worth saying that it was his ball as well for, for Dini to, to race onto and, and somehow smuggle it home so two really telling contributions from him and the thing I loved about his goal was just his little shuffle, the way he got it sort of out of, out of his feet and just set himself, so real class stuff for, from Niang and um, yeah, just wanted to echo that, especially as I said on the last podcast he's someone we really must sign and then to hear Vicarage Road chanting, sign him up. <laughs> All obviously listen to the podcast.
0: The other thing that happened again: uh, Cathcart starts out on the right. Yeah. Um, not really. You know, I think every time the ball came to him, he was a very quick uh, pass to the next person. He not seem. Com- he doesn't seem comfortable out there. Um, and um, Prudel got injured, uh, so off he goes. And Craig moves into the middle, and everything's hunky dory again with 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 Yamat. That was you know when the team news came out. That was my biggest. Surprise how well we'd finished on Saturday. That that was again how he started the defence.
1: Yeah, it was that enforced reshuffle against London with Kabul going off, and, and and that reshuffle seemed to sort of calm everything down. So it was a surprise um, to see him sort of put Cathcart out in the right game. But yeah, defensively, <laughs> Prudel looked. You know, I'm one of Prudel's biggest fans, uh, both on and off the pitch. <laughs> As uh, my spare bedroom will uh, will t- testify, the walls of my spare bedroom would testify. Should I say? Um, Oh God, can we start again? <laughs> no. Um... But I thought he looked uncomfortable for, throughout today. He was uncharacteristically sort of off the pace, I thought, and he didn't—he didn't seem quite right at any stage. And everything
0: was going like every—everything was going through him. You know, when the balls were going, you know, I think he had in the first the time he was on the pitch, he must had ten times more touch of the ball than anybody else.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just—I just didn't think he—I understand why he was in there. I was glad he was in there. We were talking before the game, and with West Brom's reliance on on set pieces, I was comfortable that we had that big big presence at, at centre back if Kapoor wasn't going to be there. So, yeah, I was just thought. I just felt I, I didn't necessarily think it was a bad thing when he went off. He was obviously injured, and I think we'd, I'd like to get him back because we don't want to uh, we don't want to be scrabbling around for defenders. But also, while uh, while we're on defence, I thought Maps did really well when he came on. Yeah. Having not played much football for a long time, he came in at the you know the sharp end of a, a game where we were really having to do a lot of defending, and he he scrabbled around, fought hard, and I thought uh, Mariappa did really well. But. Um,
0: it was definitely orchestrating things and shouting and, and keeping things in, in, in shape um, uh, towards the end, which is, uh, was an important thing. Um, and it looks like he's, he's probably, because uh, he came on for Amrabat, but of course he came on because uh, Britos went off. Um, he's probably going to have to start on Saturday, David.
2: Yeah, we are, once again, injuries and suspensions that plagued us all season and they, they continue to do so even now. And uh, I've got every confidence in Mariapa. He's an experienced player. hasn't played much football for us this season. He was a bit of a surprising signing but I know there was a lot of Crystal Palace fans who were sad to see him go. He was a good squad player for them. If he has to play against Tottenham, I've got every faith that he'll do a good job.
1: Can you appeal a yellow card? Because I wouldn't be surprised to see Watford appeal Britos's second yellow card because I've seen a replay um, and I've watched it again when we get home but I'm pretty sure th- there was minimal if any contact whatsoever it is an incredibly soft foul let alone a, a yellow card so i wouldn't be surprised to see bearing in mind if what, especially if you've got injuries to see what for appeal it. i'm not quite sure on the uh, on the laws and jurisdiction whether you can whether you can appeal a, a yellow card or whether go i reckon yeah well let's get
0: paperwork now john let's let's get it done uh, it was the the least cynical foul i've seen of uh, Brissos as well it just uh, wasn't uh, on well the...
1: it just wasn't a foul there's no two ways about it and it was incredibly frustrating i think there was a little period after that when Watford were looking for for retribution a little bit Amrabat was flying around from the start Niang, you've seen in the last couple of games he's not shy about about getting stuck in a little bit um so there are, and Neon Blessing was doing a good job of uh, feeding off the crowd and trying to wind everyone up so it's an incredibly niggly uh, game um fueled you know absolutely no qualms about saying it and jumping on the bandwagon. You know, West Brom had a game plan and they and they stuck to it. Um, I thought Watford did really well to to ride it out. But uh, yeah, just what a relief getting three points.
0: Man of the match after Jason was singing his praise on on Saturday because it was well worth it. Uh, uh, Decore is blossomed.
2: Yeah, very impressive. Again when we were keeping the ball in the first half and through the periods that we had on top he was very good very tidy he would happily receive it under pressure turn, look for his pass I think him and Cleverly link up very well they both keep it very tidy and and it was a lot of energy as well In in the last stages of the game he was often the one that was still getting furthest forward he was breaking forward trying to carry the ball and relieve the pressure and I mean he's been you consider how far away he looked from the pitcher in the early part of the season. and he was, he was probably lucky to still be at the club, really, if things had gone the other few, slightly differently on transfer deadline day and, and what have you. He might not be here, but he's really come into his own in the second half of the season. It looks like a, a fixture in the team.
1: One thing I'd like to point out was uh, the crowd. I thought the, the crowd did, uh, after a slow start, which is understandable because of the game, that last 20, 25 minutes, I thought the crowd really helped get get Watford over the line. They recognised what a decent performance Watford were putting in on the pitch in, in keeping it at, at 2-0 and staying ahead. And yeah, it was a really, really good atmosphere, and it always helps being a being a Tuesday night. But I think yeah, fair play to the 1881, obviously, and uh, and and the rest of the victory Road crowd.
2: I really noticed that as well because actually I was in the 1881 section, stage, right at the front row, and I've, I've not sat there before. And I've kind of, when I come to games these days, I'm usually so bad at getting tickets, I have to go whichever the, wherever the green dots are on the on the ticket thing. That's where I sit. and uh, Today that's where it was. And at the end, when we were all for about the last 15 minutes, we were all clapping and bouncing around, and even the 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 nearly said, "Rouse there!" Even the Graham Taylor stand was bouncing, like all four sides of the ground were going up. And that isn't something that we've always seen over the years at Watford. It's very impressive. It's one
0: of those moments where you you know the crowd understand exactly what they need to do yeah. at this point, where everyone's against the wall.
1: And it felt it felt like that. That was it. Felt like an important moment in our season that because I, I love seeing Tom Clever at the end. He was absolutely fist pumping to the to the rookery and the players were sort of celebrating amongst each other. And it, for the first time in a long time they felt like a team and we felt like a club. And that was, um, I think it helps beating a side like that. I think it, you know, they're, they're on a par with us. I've um, they, already, t- t- you've already you've made my feelings clear as, <laughs> as to their approach to the game, but winning a game like that um, at this stage of the season, it felt we felt together again for the first time in a, in a long, long time.
2: A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end
0: eight games uh, left to go in the season and it's time where we we, we, they they had a a thing at half time about the the end of season uh, awards Um, and I think this is going to be like the hardest for a long long time to pick someone who is going to be player of the season still plenty of time for
1: someone to to make a name for them yet yeah it's going to be very difficult really difficult there's not someone that sort of stands head and shoulders uh, above everyone else there's been Vaguely consistent performers, but I think at this stage, really, that's, that's a, as good as it gets, to be honest. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really tricky one. There's been suspensions, there have been injuries, there have been massive dips in form, people have been dropped, there have been new signings who have come in and made an impact. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. Um, I don't know who I'm going to give it to.
0: Well, over the next couple of podcasts, we're going to focus on a different player every single podcast uh, to see who we and have someone represent that person. Uh, today, David, you are taking and representing. There were, number one, Jarelio Gomez. Why should Jarelio be uh, Watford player of the season?
2: Well, it's, it's been a season of inconsistency at Watford, hasn't it? A lot of players have shone in some games and been utterly appalling in others. But I think Gomez, despite that inconsistency as a team, has been our most consistently reliable performer. He's always the player that every game that when I turn up or I watch it on telly, I may have doubts about whether some players are going to be there, where they're going to turn up, where they're going to produce their best. I'm never worried about Gomez. Never worried at all. And like In games like today, when you're under pressure, you're under the cosh, they're slinging crosses into the box. You know when he's going to come, he's going to get the ball. He cleaned out one of our own players and a on defender in the first half. He's, he's so committed, he's so passionate, he's a leader. And he, I know he won the, uh, the award last year. And I think he'll win it again this year. And I mean, we've been we've been very lucky over the years to have some brilliant goalkeepers. A lot of goalkeepers have won the Watford Player of the Season over the year. And I don't know whether that, what that says maybe about the rest of our teams <laughs> or maybe how many bad seasons we've had had to rely on our goalkeepers. But he, he is brilliant for me. And he's one of my favourite Watford players ever. And I think it's an interesting comparison tonight. The opposite goalkeeper, Ben Foster, who we know very well. Foster is a, a very experienced Premier League goalkeeper. He's played for England, but I would be willing to wager in the minds of most non-Watford fans, they would consider Foster to be better than Gomez. I have to defend Gomez so much to, to non-Watford fans. They say, oh yeah, but he's always got a rick in him, isn't he? He's a bit of a clown, he's always going to let one in. I saw what Ben Foster make more mistakes in the two seasons he was with us, as good as he was, than I've seen Gomez make in two and a half seasons that he's been with us. He's a brilliant goalkeeper and he does so much more for us than the occasional mistake that he has made. And I think in a season where it is difficult to pick a best, the best player of the season I'd, I'd go for him again Your 2016-17 Player of the Year <laughs> Aurelio
0: Gomez well, We will see uh, we're going to get different world fans to come on the podcast uh, to put their point forward to so who they think should be the player of the season but up first there's David with his pleas for Horelio Gomez Up next, Michael. We're for, some people may say we're mad, but we're off to White Hart Lane on Saturday, a place where Tottenham haven't lost all season. Uh, but we're going to go get, get early midday kick-off. We're going to go and see Watford play at Tottenham. We are. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. What are you looking forward to?
1: Um, the beers are afterwards, <laughs> probably. A day a day off. Let's go and let's go and enjoy ourselves. But I think. What we what we need to do now is go and we've said it we said it before when we played big teams. This is a free hit. I, don't, I want to sort of part that idea, and I want this lot now to go on and and test themselves against against Tottenham. Um, there's two away days this year. Well, three really that's that's sticking in the mind. But these two, I think, are, are worthwhile bringing up for this uh, the point. I went to Liverpool away. I went to Arsenal away. Yeah. So that that was that shows us what Watford have been like away. I think we should be hoping for. But I think we should be expecting more of what of the Arsenal away performance. Kapu looks like he's got a bit of his mojo back. Niang's on on a bit of form. We've got Decore. Tom Cleverley's got the bit between his teeth. Um, so, yeah, I really, really want them to build on these two 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 wins against the worst team in the, in the league and the most shameful team <laughs> in the league. Um, and now let's go and, and get a result against one of the best teams in the league.
0: But Tottenham are better than Arsenal and Tottenham... Well, they're better than the Liverpool. Um, you know, I'd only got, I've only, I think the only teams where I I would say, David, in this league, who are who are good, solid teams who you wouldn't expect to get anything from a game without you know before kick off, would be Tottenham and Chelsea. They're 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 pretty swish this year.
2: They are very good, although they are without arguably their best player, Harry Kane. He's injured, um, but it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to phase them. Son, Alley. even Vincent Janssen's been playing all right lately, but. I think when, when I, I know a number of Spurs fans and despite their improvement over the last few years how good they've become under Pochettino, they all still fear the classic Spursy performance. <laughs> They're dropping points. They did it against West Brom last season. That's when they lost the, the real title race last season. They drew against West Brom on a Monday night. And I think they still fear that there could be a performance like that in them this season. And hopefully for us, it will be on Saturday. They, we could be facing situation... If results go the right way, and Chelsea lose to Man City on Wednesday, Spurs beat Swansea on Wednesday, they could go into that game on Saturday knowing that if they beat us, there'll be one point off Chelsea. So they'll have psychological pressure to deal with, and if we manage to keep them quiet early on, maybe the fans will get anxious. But I think you're right, Mike, we can't go into it with the attitude of a free hit, because look what happens when we did that against Liverpool and Spurs. That Spurs game was terrible at the vicarage road here at christmas we were so poor and hopefully those players are what the Watford players will have that game in their mind and know that we need to give them a much better showing and a much better performance than they did that day because it was like a training match for spurs it
0: was the lowest game i think of the entire season that spurs yeah. game here
1: yeah it was bad it was really bad and that's what i want to see now i want us to move on from that because invariably we've had a couple of good performances followed by an NAF one and yeah spurs is a massive test but there's no reason i don't think that this lot can't go out and put a decent performance on at least Compete, at least compete, and like I said, this felt like they were a team for the first time in a long time. We felt we were a, a club, a family again for the first time in a long time. I want to capitalize on that. I want them to feel that in their in their bones and you know, look at the table when they get home tonight and see Watford Football Club ninth in the Premier League. If one bet the last Saturday, we were tenth when we did the podcast yeah, we, on Saturday, now we're ninth, which might all change, but that's what you know, this we're upwardly mobile and that's what we should be doing looking upwards instead of down with this group of players. So I want them to go on. I expect them to go on and, and deliver some sort of performance on on Tottenham. And yeah, we travel more in hope than expectation, but come on, you hornets
0: uh, Thank you very much for listening uh, to another slightly shorter podcast. Uh, remember, follow us on uh, social media at Watford Podcast. Uh, and Do tell your friends and do subscribe via iTunes.
1: Before we go, I think we need to say a big congratulations to our podcasting brothers, Hornet Heaven. Have been nominated for a uh, British Podcast Award, and quite rightly so as well. Um, it's an absolutely unique podcast. I think I've gone on about it before about how much I love it, but I think it's well well deserving of a nomination. So we'll be supporting them in the uh, in the Podcast Award. So not only a Watford in the Premier League, but there's a Watford podcast been nominated for a nationwide award as well. So a big, well done to uh, to Oli Wicken and the team. Well deserved. Uh,
0: thank you very much, and uh, to White Hart Lane, and to uh, a trio of Watford wins. Come on, you horns.